You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Heart and Soul. Um, It's just me today. I wanted to release an episode kind of just going through or I guess openly sharing what we've gone through as a family this last month and honestly just kind of process it out loud. There's so many things going on in my mind and body physically and emotionally and spiritually and I honestly don't have like a clear cut like this is what I'm going to talk about today. So it might just be me rambling for the next few minutes or so, but I have always tried to practice what I preach, which is shameless living and share the real side of my life with y'all, not just the polished, edited microphone highlight reel side of my life. So um, life's been real lately and I am recording this while William naps. So hopefully I can really kind of dive deeper into what's been going on. But I do want to, before I get started, just release a trigger warning for anyone listening that I will be talking about miscarriage and pregnancy loss today. So If fertility or infertility or pregnancy loss or um, any of this is heavy on your heart and you feel like this would be triggering for you to hear in this current state that you're in, then please stop listening. This is not about getting, you know, numbers on episodes for listeners or number of downloads. This is truly just about me sharing my heart and if that's something that will affect you in a negative way right now, then head on to our um, earlier episodes this month or um, past episodes if you'd like to catch up on older episodes. This might not be the episode for you is what I'm saying. Um, Okay, so just for a little background, um, I, prior to having William, had two miscarriages and those are, uh, there are episodes recorded on that. Sorry, like my brain truly does not really work right now. So if I'm not making sense with my words, <laughs> please be patient with me. Um, but yeah, I have recorded episodes when those happened back in 2020. Um, if you wanted to know more details about that, but essentially our first two try to tr- bleh, first two times getting pregnant, we lost the baby. The f- the babies. The first one was at eight weeks at our first appointment. The second one was at our second appointment around 10 or 11 weeks. Um, both pregnancies and William included, they all pregnancies were measuring really small. Um, we've seen heartbeats and we haven't seen heartbeats. And um, it's something that has the first trimester and even just leading up to getting pregnant. I don't know. I know that like for most moms, it's a very anxiety ridden time, lots of worry. Um, but for me, it's just like so heavy because I have more often than not experienced bad news in a doctor's office than good news. So, 
Um, with William, he was, we had a healthy pregnancy and although there were like some ups and downs with his growth and size and, and being induced and like the last trimester was kind of, um, just a little more like, I guess we're, we had to be a little more, um, vigilant. I don't know if that's the right word, (laughs) diligent (laughs) with like ultrasounds and checkups because of William's growth. But Overall, he ended up, obviously, he's with us now, being a healthy pregnancy and delivery, and we are so thankful for him. Um, And we always knew that we wanted to have our kids closer in age, one, because we wanted our siblings just, or them them to have siblings who were just close in school and um, they could play with and just like have a closer bond all of life with. And also because I'm not young. (laughs) Um, I didn't want to wait too long to have another baby, um, because of my age and also because of our past with miscarriages. I knew that like it was a risk getting pregnant and possibly having to, um, having to lose a baby and then start the process over and over and over. So, we started trying when William was a little over a year old. And yes, we were trying. We only tried. We got pregnant really fast, um, which has never been a problem for me getting pregnant, um, which I realize it is a problem for, for some women. And if that's you, I'm so sorry. I know how frustrating and um, I guess just like, yeah, frustrating is the only word I can think of. That must be to just wait and wait and wait on that positive pregnancy test. Um, But yeah, we got pregnant really quickly. And at first, obviously, I was super worried. We actually had, I'm going to share some like crazy cool stories about this pregnancy that I feel like really did increase my faith. And then also share with y'all like what I'm wrestling with and you know doubts I'm having even with God or with my faith or with um getting pregnant again in general but our first eight days of this pregnancy I actually was bleeding um like a normal bleeding not just like a light like implantation bleeding like a period bleeding I actually thought I was on my period which is a whole nother story um I was actually pregnant and so from the very beginning that first week, I honestly, if I'm just being completely real with y'all, I was not hopeful. I was terrified. I honestly couldn't even let myself get too excited because of the bleeding. Um, it almost felt like it wasn't real. Um, but we went to church like eight days, like I said, eight days into me bleeding. Obviously I was like emotionally just a roller coaster, but we went to church that morning and you know how they have like people praying up for you at the top, um, at the front of the service at the top, at the front of the service. Um, I went up to these two women, one who I knew and one who I didn't to, and asked them for prayer and told them, you know, I've been bleeding and I'm obviously like crying. I'm, I'm a freaking wreck up there and they're laying hands on me and praying and it was really powerful. And I, um, what the woman who I did not know after they were done praying, she looked at me and she was like, I just want to let you know that the woman who in the Bible, in the Bible, who was bleeding and just wanted to touch the hem of Jesus's garments to be healed. She little did she know she was already healed, even though she was still bleeding. And 
literally y'all I'm not kidding right when she said that and right when that prayer was over I had not bled since so eight days of bleeding and then it immediately stopped in that moment and it was a it was super powerful like one of those moments where you're like wow he hears our prayers and he heals and he can do all things and you're just like on fire for the power of Jesus um And after that, I, uh, like a sense of confidence came into my pregnancy where I was like, wow, like I really do believe that this is going to be like a huge testimony. And not that I don't think it is. And now, even though we've lost the baby since then, I just think it's a different kind of testimony about like maybe increasing my faith or holding on to hope when it feels hopeless. But I don't know. I'm still learning that. Anyways, after that, we had a six-week viability scan to check on the baby, and there was a heartbeat, and everything was great. Um, She was like, everything looks normal. Baby's measuring normal just a few days early, but that's obviously common because they're so tiny. How do you know? Um, And that was right before Christmas. So then we go home for Christmas, and we tell our families, and it was really exciting. And both Michael and I were feeling pretty confident at that time, like just confident in you know, having a baby in August. (laughs) And then we came back and right after New Year's, we had another scan, an eight week scan, and that was healthy. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like this is real. Everything's great. We saw the heartbeat, saw the baby twice. Um, I'm so excited. Obviously we had made an announcement like on social media or anything, but we, we were really just like confident at that point. So confident that they had scheduled me for a 10-week scan um, two weeks later. And the night before the scan, Michael and I both were like in agreement that like he, so he had like work the next day. And we both agreed like, I don't really think you need to be there. I'm like, we both feel confident. Like I think it's just going to be a quick scan to like check the heartbeat and, you know, get on with our way. So I actually went to the doctor alone when I found out that our baby's heart was no longer beating. And... It was just really tough for me um, because our first two miscarriages when I got that same news, um, it was during COVID, so I had to be alone. So just every time I've received this news, I've been alone, like physically alone in the room. And it's been, I don't know, it's like harder to advocate for yourself and to really process when you don't have someone there with you. And so I... Anyways, we went in, I went in for my 10-week scan and immediately I knew that there was no heartbeat. I saw the baby during the ultrasound and I did not see a heartbeat. And I'm not a doctor, but it was pretty obvious and it was gut-wrenching. I even asked, like, is there a heartbeat? She moved around a little bit, eventually confirmed that there wasn't. And then like they did the thing where they bring you to the back so you don't have to go through the waiting room and you see a doctor. And if this is all something that you've been through, it's just, it's honestly really traumatizing. The whole scenario, I think back on this past miscarriage and then the two miscarriages before then. And I remember, I'm not joking, every single detail of walking into the room, laying down for this you know, the song or the ultrasound, hearing what the doctor said, hearing the after, like I hear those, I see those moments, I visualize those moments and I hear the words that were said over and over again in my head to this day. So, um, yeah, that was, we went back to a room in the back and 
basically my body had not shown any signs of miscarriage, which is the same with my first two. Um, everything was normal, no bleeding, no cramping, nothing. So, um, I was sent home to miscarry from home, um, with some medicine that they induce you with at your house. And I was really terrified. Um, one, because you're just like emotionally shocked. Like, I can't believe this is happening again. And two, like my second, my second miscarriage specifically was really difficult in the physical aspect of like drag, the physical symptoms like drug out and I was at home and it was, it was just a lot. And so I was scared of that happening again. And again, when I was alone in the doctor's office, I didn't know how to advocate for myself or have the confidence to even know what to ask or you're almost like you're almost like frozen. Like you don't know how to speak kind of like I am right now. Um, but yeah, I miscarried from home after taking the medication and the physical aspect was really difficult again this time. Um, lasting about two weeks, um, physically with bleeding and cramping and just, um, those types of symptoms. And, um, Emotionally, I really don't know how how I'm doing, if I'm just being honest. I don't know how I'm doing. I have moments where I'm like, I'm seemingly fine and I, I feel fine. Like I'm, you know, in my everyday groove, coaching again, finally able to like move my body. Um, and then I have moments where it just hits me out of nowhere and I'm, you know, crying or not able to speak or... Um, yeah, it almost feels like you get hit by a truck. <laughs> um, I will say that this time it has been different on the emotional level, having a child. And I don't know if anyone's listening here who has miscarried after having, um, a healthy baby, but you, it's kind of bittersweet because you don't get the luxury of, you know, shutting off from the world and taking time to really like lay in bed and heal and, um, feel your feelings and cry and like just almost like shut, shut off because you have to, you're still, there's still this little life that you have to take care of that you get to take care of. Um, so I would say that's like bitter and sweet because it also taking care of William has allowed for a, like, joyful distraction for me from all the pain emotionally and physically that I've been feeling in that like I have to be his mom still I want to be his mom still but I also like I have to so um like he needs me still and there's like a lot of like comfort in that in that like I guess I have this purpose outside of just being the woman who has miscarried all these babies and can't keep a healthy pregnancy and like all these, you know, doubts that are false identities that you repeat in your mind. Like those are clouded over by the fact that like, I do have a purpose with William and, um, with soul and like with Michael. And so I don't know, it's this bittersweet feeling of, I think because I'm not feeling it all at once and like allowing or not able not it's not that I'm not allowing it's not I'm not able to grieve as similarly or the same way as I did for the first two I think it does hit me more during like those random moments like last night you know driving home from a bridal shower or you know I mean just literally random moments like 
I was on a run one time and I started crying or, you know, I'm mid conversation and I'm crying or I can't, I find myself like freezing up and not being able to talk or trying to like cheer people on in soul and like the words aren't coming out. It's, it's wild in that, sorry, here I go again, just basically what I'm trying to say is it's a different kind of grief this time. And I know that grief, I think what I'm learning is that grief is different every single time you experience it. And it's not, there's not some formula for it. It's not supposed to be the same. It doesn't look the same depending on the season you're in or depending on where you're at in life or what's going on around you or what's happening in the pe- your people's world around you. You just never grieve the same. And so there is no like, booklet or like I don't know bullet points that you can read to see what it's going to be like or expect it to look like it's just different every time and there's no right or wrong way to do it um and so that's kind of the grace that I'm giving myself recently is you don't know what you're doing. You've never had, you've never lost a third baby until now. So you're allowed to grieve and process and mourn however you need to. Um, easier said than done when I'm like in a more healthy space right now talking on this podcast because there are lots of moments where I'm not giving myself grace or I'm beating myself up or I'm blaming myself for the miscarriage or wondering what I could have done or what I could didn't do or what I should have done. And, um, those thoughts do run rampant, rampant in my heart at times and in my mind and sometimes cloud, like cloud over what I know is true, which is that this baby was not developed healthily from the beginning. And, it got a quick pass to be with Jesus before any of us ever get to. It literally went from perfection to my womb back to perfection. And so that's the comfort that I'm trying to rest in is that this fourth baby of ours is with the first two and experiencing perfect peace. Um, and I... As far as peace goes in my own walk with God, I will say it's, again, a roller coaster. Some moments I'm praising him, some moments I'm fighting with him. And one thing I'm learning and being reminded of um, is that your wrestling is also worship. And just because you might be questioning or doubting or maybe like being a little more stern in your prayer life or conversations with God doesn't mean that he's any less good or that you believe any less. It just might mean that this type of the type of worship that you need to learn right now is just how to wrestle with your father. So that's where my worship is landing at the moment is wrestling. Um, I found a lot of peace in community. I mean, the outpouring of love was literally insane because people, we did tell people in our lives that we were pregnant. We didn't announce it on social media, but people knew. And so when we lost the baby, we had to, or I needed to just to like get it off. I don't know, get it out of my mind was to like let everyone know that, you know, 
who have, who knew that we were pregnant, just let them know that we were no longer having this baby. And um, I'm not kidding. We received like 7,000 cookie deliveries. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. But we actually did probably have like 72 cookies, like dozens and dozens of cookies at our house um, sent to us. We had flowers sent to us. We had gift baskets. Um, I mean, literally all the things, notes, everything. Um, it was a really just sweet reminder of like the beautiful and wonderful community we have in our lives. And a reminder to me as is, as it is most times during sucky seasons, that community is so healing and necessary. Um, and we can't do this life alone. So, um, I, honestly don't know how to end this podcast except to say I am so sorry if you have experienced a miscarriage or if you're experiencing infertility or if you're in the waiting season um it sucks I'm so sorry this world is just really broken. And unfortunately we have to experience some of the brokenness and it's shitty and it sucks. And I'm sorry. I'm not going to give you any of those cliches of just keep believing or everything happens for a reason. Or when you're pregnant, you'll look back and see why you, uh, it's like a whole thing that all these things that people say, Um, I'm not going to say any of that besides that it sucks. And right now I'm in the suck and I'm learning what it looks like to lean on God during the sucky seasons, um, over and over again. And I'm also just choosing to step into this next season, although doubting and feeling, feeling a little, um, nervous and anxious about what ifs and having those what ifs. I'm choosing to enter into this season holding on to some sort of hope that um, William will play with a sibling on this side of heaven. Um, So yeah, I am an open book. You can always reach out to me. Email me at heartandsoulpodcast at gmail.com or shoot me a DM at heartandsoulpodcast on Instagram. Um, If you are dealing with this or need someone to talk to or just write your feelings out to or vent to. I'm here for you. Um, I love you guys. And I will constantly show up for y'all. I promise that. Even in the suck, (laughs) I will be here for you. Um, But yes, I love you. And we will be back next week with a guest. I hope you have a wonderful day and week. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heart and Soul. If this episode encouraged you in any way, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next week.